But before the tournament resumes again, there has been one story that has been going absolutely viral on social media, and that is Dr. Peter Waweru Kamaku, who is, in fact, a maths professor flying the Kenyan flag as a referee. And uh, people have been talking about his refing style with absolute delight. On the line to give us uh, some insights, Mark Haskins, SABC soccer analyst. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Mark, I hear you uh, have been doing the sporting run this morning yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those cool started and cool sports and the like. So uh, my daughter had a gala as a gala this morning. So I had to drop her off at the gala. We're not allowed to watch it, unfortunately. Um, so I have to rush my son off to a football match as well. Football matches, galas. I mean, that's what happens when you're a sporting family, eh? <laughs> it certainly does. It certainly does. So, Mark, we're taking a slightly different take uh, for the uh, African Cup of Nations. There's been some really amazing soccer, but some big surprises. But, of course, one of the delights has been watching the uh, the ref, Dr. Peter uh, Waweru Kamaku, who is, in fact, a high-flying maths professor, but he's also a high-flying referee, and I mean high-flying literally in every possible way. Very theatrical in his uh, attempts, but also very speedy in his running. Yeah, it, um, I saw that uh, the, the video went viral and got over 60,000 likes. Um, but yeah, he's obviously been quite a character, and it's, uh, he's been a, a major talking point um, and it's nice to have these fun moments and it's great to see that he's such a learned individual but I think it, it happens quite often where um, and I think that's the problem on the continent uh, I wish our referees were full-time professionals but unfortunately they all do have their day jobs and mm. um, especially in South Africa as well so refereeing is something they love and something they do on the side as opposed to it being a full-time profession um, but yeah, he was uh, a major talking point, and the fact that the video got sixty thousand likes speaks volumes. So, uh, so Mark, just uh, thinking about Dr. Kamaku, I mean, obviously, to be a referee, and as you say, only a part-time referee, you still have to maintain a high level of fitness, probably just as fit as any soccer player on the field. Yeah, definitely. Um, they they go through some stringent tests. Um, they go through some hectic testing in order to qualify even for a major tournament like this, um, to qualify to uh, to referee in the league, uh, the respective league that they play in. You have to maintain a great level of fitness. So it takes a lot of dedication, especially it's, when, when you're not a full-time professional. It takes a lot of dedication to be able to go to your regular job during the day and then, you know, in the evening or whenever they find time or before they go to work yeah. um, to make sure you put in the hours to maintain a level of fitness. Because, yes, the referees have to be just as fit as the players because they have to keep up with the pace of the game. And the pace of the game becomes really, really hectic. And if your your fitness levels are not where it needs to be, you're bound to make the errors because you're not going to be in the right place at the right time to be able to judge the calls, to be able to see what's happening. So it's real time for the referees as well. So they have to make sure that they're in tip-top shape. And so, yeah, as we saw with the ref, he seems like he can keep up with just about anybody. <laughs> he definitely does keep up those knees. He keeps them up as well. Mark, <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you I, I'm sure, have some thoughts on some of the highlights, the thoughts uh, 
of what you think the highlights so far have been. Give us some insights into that. Um, I think there's been some, some, some major talking points, and it was expected, and uh, that's what we love about this beautiful game. Um, I think, obviously, the biggest uh, talking point is the defending champions getting knocked out uh, in the group stage. Uh, Algeria never really showed up at the tournament. Coming into the tournament, they were chasing the world record of 37 official games uh, without losing. Um, that That's held by Italy. Coming into this tournament, they're on 34 games. They drew their first match against Sierra Leone, which was, you know, they, they were expected to win that match. And I think, like, um, I think that record actually cost them in this uh, AFCON because coming into the AFCON, everyone was talking about that unbeaten record because they were going to play. They should have played enough games in the tournament to, to surpass Italy. Because um, yeah. Italy on the 37, they could have gone on to 38 and had the world record for uh, undefeated uh, games. And unfortunately, I think that, that that record has actually cost them dearly in this tournament. So they've now been eliminated. Um, defending champions, they were one of the favorites coming in based on the fact that they hadn't lost again since 2018. Um, so that was a major, major shock. And then uh, I think Gambia, for me, uh, debutant in the tournament. But you would never, would never say that they're debutants the mm. way they're going about their business. Um, they're playing exceptionally well. They're competing very well, and they, you know, they they got through uh, basically unscathed through to to uh, the knockout phase. Uh, level on points with Mali. Mali, uh, you know, ranked favorites. They're in the same group um, as Tunisia as well. Tunisia and Mali thought that they'll run away with the group. The debutants might struggle, but it wasn't to be. Gambia said they can give as good as they get. And they finished level on points with Mali. Haven't lost a game. Two wins and a draw. Um, and so they they definitely the surprise package of the uh, of the <laughs> tournament thus far, doing exceptionally well. And then Camoros, um, we know Ghana. Ghana, uh, some major controversy in the uh, yeah. match between Ghana and Gabon. The Ghanaian players, especially Dede Ayu, the captain, very unhappy because um, they actually were leading one 0 and they needed that win after their opening loss to Morocco. Leading one note, they had a player who went down injured and they, they kicked the ball out. Now, under normal circumstances, you give the, back, the ball back to the team that kicked it out. Yeah. But Gabon were not about uh, that life. They, were, yeah, they basically were saying, no, there's no gentlemanly conduct when you're playing uh, a major tournament. They didn't give the ball back to Ghana, threw it in, went up uh, the other three, uh, uh, you know, to the Ghanaian goal and scored the equalizer. And that pretty much put an end to Ghana's tournament. Um, and then they actually, uh, what they did is, disrespectfully, Dede Ayu says, we will win our last game and we'll qualify. But again, um, football is the equalizer. And Camoros basically uh, shut them up very quickly. 3-2 win to Camoros. Dede Ayu getting a red card in that final match. Ghana bowing out. And many South Africans, I must say, celebrating purely because of the injustice that was done to us in that World Cup qualifier. So a lot of drama, it's been <laughs> everything we expected it to be. Um, absolutely loving it, I must tell you. So as you say, none of what we expected, uh, you've mentioned some of the uh, ferocious changes that we haven't expected at all. If you were a betting man, who's going to be in that final? <laughs> um, you, I always get asked this question, and it's difficult to me, for me to... to uh, separate my my head from my heart. So I I, I always coming into tournaments. I love when there's a new winner. 
Um, and, you know, the guys have gotten close, like Mali have been to a final, 1972, it was a long time ago they've been to a final. Um, Senegal haven't won it yet. They've, you know, they've always been there and thereabouts. In the 2019 edition, they were in the final, losing to Algeria in that uh, very closely fought final. So my heart is Senegal. Um, I'm hoping they can go a long way, but I must say the most impressive team thus far has been Nigeria without a shadow of a doubt. The only team to collect a full haul of nine points um, in the group phase. And, you know, they just made it look so easy. But a lot of times when the group phase is very easy, um, teams tend to get complacent going mm. into the knockout phase. So Nigeria, if they do that, uh, you know, they might be in for a big surprise. They come up against Tunisia in the round of 16. Um, so they have to be very wary, very careful. Um, but Nigeria, for me, are, are, are the, the standout team. I'm hoping for, I don't know if, if, the, if the draw will allow it, but if we could have a Nigeria-Senegal final, I'd be very happy. <laughs> okay, Mark, I've got to go to a break, but before I do, I've got one question for you. If you were on that uh, pitch, what position would you be playing? <laughs> I've, I've always been a midfielder, so... Um, as a, a midfielder or, or, or a striker, so I, those are the two positions I've always enjoyed. But I love the box-to-box work. Um, in the midfield, we call that the engine. Yeah. That's what makes everything tick. I love being in the engine. I love being the driving force of the team. So I would have been, uh, I would still have been in the midfield. A driving force of soccer analysis. That's Mark Haskins, SABC soccer analyst, and uh, giving us some of the insights into the Africa Cup of Nations. It's been quite a spectacle so far. Go online and take a good look and meet Dr. Peter Waweru Kamaku. He's uh, the maths professor. He's flying the Kenyan flag, and he's also uh, one of the referees who has gone viral for his quite insanely brilliant running techniques. It's 10 to 8.